Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harmon Brothers. Today, I have with me JC Height. Welcome to the show, JC. What's up, brother? It's good to be here. All right. So, JC, what is your business? Yeah, man. So, we have Height Digital. Um, we actually are the marketing behind the marketers in a lot of cases. So, we do digital marketing for agencies all across the U.S. in kind of a white label format. It's really the heart of what we do. Okay. How would you describe the why behind your business? Man, so that's, a, that's a big question. We, we at Height, we call it our commitment. What are we committed to you know, in life, so to speak? Um, after exiting a couple of companies, to be honest with you, our, our commitment right now is fully around creating jobs. But, but more than that, sustainable jobs, which right now through COVID is, is testing every barrier, right? Uh, as we talked about before, we have big offices in, in Central America, I say big, we got uh, getting close to 100 employees. And uh, how can we create stability in a very unstable, chaotic, hectic world? And that's really what we're, we're uh, really focused on right now is stability in the families, household, education, things of that nature, right? Uh, and it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, it, these are crazy times, right? And, and it seems like the numbers change every day, but when you're seeing that, uh, you know, just right here in the United States, there are tens of millions of people out of work right now. And then you cascade that across the globe, which, you, you know, you said you're in Nicaragua. So I'm sure you're seeing you're seeing the effects of this in um, in ways that we aren't. But this is a, a lot of people are going through tough times right now. Dude, it's, I mean, it's, we're in a third world country. There is no quarantine when you're an agricultural, you know, type of environment. Like you can't, you can't quarantine in a third world country. You can't just stop working. You can't not go to work. Yeah. You, you stop, you starve, right? It's a completely different world here. And so it's very interesting to see how third world countries and, and, you know, a lot of the world are handling the situation. It's very different than the States. For sure. And what what are the cascading effects when we shut down our economy? How does that impact the third world? Oh, man. I mean, so in the third world, uh, and I can speak to Central America, you have really two divisions of, of individuals. It's very like, I mean, there's the very wealthy, there's the poor, and they're starting to be this emerging middle class. But I mean, it's just barely there, right? But that middle class is all built on outsourcing. So, you know, you have people working for Capital One or Verizon or, or even companies like us, High Digital, that work for. So whenever that U.S. economy starts to go down or collapse, man, we got to be on our horses. And that's that's where, like, at High, we try to do things different where it's we have to save money. We, we don't have debt. We know the economy goes in cycles, but how do we protect ourselves from? right we don't go buy the lamborghini we don't go spend a ton of money we we save we try to again we don't go into debt and we try to make sure that we're as prepared as you know as possible um talk to us about one how you ended up uh building height digital and two how you ended up in nicaragua building height digital so i'll I'll answer the second question first because that's the easiest i met a really attractive nicaraguan girl in college 
and nice. then pretty much the rest is history, bro. I mean, it, it's that simple. <laughs> um, you know, you, you, you fall in love with a beautiful woman. You just kind of go wherever you need to go to make it happen. Uh, now we, we, you know, we stayed, I was in Nashville and then, and then we ended up moving to, uh, to Nicaragua and got married I guess, eight years ago now did entrepreneurship off and on for, for a long time was successful, built a, a real estate company that ended up, ended up losing part of it in the housing crisis and kind of tore us apart had a lot of debt in that company, obviously, with real estate. Uh, did a tech ad company. And then eventually I went over to a hot startup. I guess it was in its like fourth year. Inc. 500 agency. It was crushing it. It was growing. It was it was this crazy environment. They ended up offering me uh, equity and then a position of the company. Ended up, okay, cool. Because I, I didn't, you know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur as well, at least a little bit. It was crazy, man. I mean, it was like, you've seen Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, I'm a super religious guy and I grew up in a very like religious community, uh, went to a church of Christ, uh, Christian university. Dude, this was crazy, dude. I mean, just craziness. Right. And it finally got to a point. M- meaning it, it didn't align with the value with your values. Is that what you mean by craziness? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it, yeah, exactly. So let me, let me, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but, uh, you know, like for the sales team, if they won like a competition, it would be tickets to a strip club or money for a strip club, or they bring in stripper or, you know, all that type of stuff. Very Wolf of Wall Street-esque. Very I mean, Wolf of Wall Street-esque. I mean, it's just nice. And, and your upbringing was kind of the, the polar opposite of that. It was the polar opposite. Now, luckily my floor, the floor I was on, we were a little bit more low key, you know, all this good stuff, but, but it got to a point. So, so my wife and I became pregnant and, uh, well, I guess she became pregnant. I just, you know, I got you. I hear you (laughs) two months, uh, two months away from having our first child. And I was like, man, like this is, dude, I would never let my daughter be around this. I would be, I would be almost ashamed, you know, and I, and I justified it, right? Like I, I you know, I tried to do the right thing. I didn't, you know, I wasn't involved with, you know, any of that stuff. Actually, I'm, I'm just I putting went, food on the table for my family. You know, it's, it's just a stepping stone to the next thing, you know, the, all those justifications. And this is where it like really hit the fan of like, dude, I can't do this, man. And, and I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta peace out. I gotta leave, you know, and I'll, I'll preface. These guys are awesome. These guys are doing some incredible things over, over at this organization. It's just a different in values, right? Like there's nothing, these guys are killing it. Inc 500 company, making lots of money. They pay their employees incredibly well. They're doing so many good things. It's just a different line of values. And so I had to leave. Like it, it got to this crazy point. So hold, hold up, hold up. Let, 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 let's stick, let's stick right there for just a second. What is that like yeah. to you? you've got a young bride, you've got a baby on the way, and you're about to leave a quote unquote, you know, really uh, high profile, successful position at a fast growing company. What does that feel like? I mean, it's probably one of the scariest positions I've been in. I was making six figures in a third world country. All right. Like, I mean, you know, we get maids, drivers. I mean, you could afford to do anything you wanted to. I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I was paid so incredibly well, had a car, had health insurance. I mean, everything I wanted, you know, I had. And to go from that to no job, like in that fear and like, dude, 60 days away from having our first child ever, you know, that's, that's crazy. It's insane. And, uh, Honestly, I look back and I'm like, what the junk was I thinking? Like, you know, you know, you look, sometimes you look back and you're like, what was I thinking? Like, I shouldn't have done that. But sometimes you're like, what caused me to do that? That was insane. And so, so for me, there was some type of other power there kind of pushing, I think my wife and I along the way. And, and, and so we left, man, and we, we did it. And it was this like huge sense of freedom as soon as I left, you know, and, uh, 
now we are here we are almost i think we're just over two years later we got about 60 something uh full-time employees through covid not one layoff that's phenomenal and it's been a blessing dude it's been just so incredible and uh, those things that really harped our values, like now we're changing them. So every single child that works at height, every single child that works at height, every single parent that works at height, every single child of theirs is on full scholarship, 100% of them. And so not only, you know, are we trying to employ, but we're trying to, you know, actually do this. So, you know, how do we take these experiences? And that's where I'm like, I'm excited about that experience, even though it was crazy. And I was in a very weird world and, you know, all these different things, how do we, how do we take those kind of crappy experiences and then turn them into something really, really cool. Right. Uh, because it's now the, it's the poop to gold journey, journey, right? Baby, it's the poop to gold journey. I mean, it was, it was such a crappy situation. We left, we dug in, we worked our butts off. And now not only are we, we're, I think we're about the same size as they are right now. I don't know. We're, it's pretty freaking close. Uh, just two years later and it's all based on values it's all based on you know what are we going to do and for me like my heart is just like oh dude i feel good you know you feel good when you leave those situations i love that I, I love that story so much when uh when i left deloitte to join up with the brothers and and we yep. together formed Harmon brothers that was a really really scary move to leave a career a house um you know we had like the you know the American dream with the picket fence and, you know, we, we had all that and, and we left it all and it was rough going in, in the beginning. I'm, I'm super excited to hear that, um, you, you guys have done as well as, as well as you have in, in your first two years, because it took us longer. We, uh, we had some rough times in there and I, there was even a point where about 18 months in, I was driving Uber in the evenings just to keep food on the table and that was like 18 months removed from working at Deloitte and, you know, having the, you know, the corporate card and taking clients out to, you know, fancy restaurants and that type of thing. Uh, so, man, I, I love your story and I love the courage that, that, that it took to make a move like that. So hats off to you. Yeah, it was exciting. Again, I, I don't recommend the No, I, I recommend it, but it, it's definitely scary. Talk us through what are the three things that you wish you would have known two years ago when you set out on this journey? Oh, man. Three things I would have loved to have learned two years ago. You know, no, number one, um, we, we talked a little bit about it before. What's your why? What's your commitment? Um, one of the things that we did about a year and a half in a year into our organization is I, we hired I hired a leadership coach personally. Two months after, we actually hired him full time to strictly focus on developing leaders at height. And the core thing that he talks about is commitments. So how, who, what are we committed to and how does it drive us through really crappy times? Right. And so, and we, we even do a, a symbolic of, of getting into an ice bath. Right. And so when we have commitments that are worthy, that are noble, that like really, it allows us to push through. I often give the example. Let me ask you, would you go work at McDonald's tomorrow? If I offered a job? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But let me ask you this. If your kids were hungry, would you then go work at McDonald's? 100% yes. Yeah, no doubt. Because your commitment to that worthy cause of being a dad and protecting your family outweighs any pride, any like laziness, any work ethic, anything that could possibly be a roadblock for you to commit your, you know, to get it done. You just, you overpower it. It's not even a thing. Right. And so when, when we create commitments and we stick to them and I mean, we start, 
We start talking about it and we share them with others. My commitment is to create a thousand jobs. And I'm so passionate about that. I don't care what gets in our way. I don't care if I have to wake up at 11 o'clock at night after my kids are asleep because I need to work on it because I'm, I'm so ingrained in me, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the big things. I wish what I known in the beginning because once we created that commitment, that's when we really started seeing that growth. And not only we created our company as a commitment to creating a thousand jobs, my commitment is to become a leader worthy of leading a thousand people, right? And then we find out our other people's commitments. One of the guys on our team, he's committed to becoming a saint. That's what he wants to do. He wants to become a saint one day in his life, right? So now I'm over here trying to convince him that he should do better because he needs to make more money or because he needs to move up in his role. And I'm like, dude, I was, I'm completely in a wrong level with this guy. I, I got to completely turn this around. So now he has a path to going, okay, what does it look like for height to one day have a chaplain full time, right? Uh, and then how does that take him potentially, right? And so I think the biggest thing uh, – uh, at the top of a, 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 you know three parts here would definitely be finding a commitment. What are we committed to, right? And I think that drives us forward uh, through any crappy situation. The, um, the old start with why, right? It all starts with with why. Yeah, it all starts with why. Our purpose. Um, number two, I think uh, the the power of, of branding is really important. My first year, uh, I I'm a very shy guy. I never did. If you look back in 2019, never did a podcast. Didn't have a Twitter posted six times, I think, on Instagram. And every time my wife would tag me in a post on Facebook, I would, you know, allow it to share to my Facebook. And, you know, who we are, a coach told me at the beginning of the year, he said, what's more important, uh, perceived authority or actual authority? Perceived authority or actual authority. And I was just always kind of raised of like actual authority, like me being intelligent is much more important than someone thinking I'm intelligent. And he basically blew that out of the water for me. He's like, dude, if no one thinks you're intelligent, it doesn't matter how smart you are. They're never going to realize they're not going to see it. They're never going to have the opportunity. Right. And so the power of branding kind of became the focus. And that was like, dude, if you really want to scale and you really want to create these jobs, you got to focus on the branding. Right. And, and so who am I as an individual? Who are we? And, and really making sure that message is clear and people know uh, yeah, you guys do a crazy good job of that. Right. <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you. That, that's not something that has ever come natural to me or to my team, for that matter. I think we we uh, in the first five years of our existence, we always just had the attitude of, look, we don't have to tell our own story. We're just going to do great work for our clients and let the work speak for itself. And um, it took us several years to discover that taking that approach, it opens up the door for basically lots of other people to claim, you know, the the work that we had been doing. And and so we had to learn the hard way that you actually do have to, you know, plant a flag in the ground and say, yeah, this is what we do. This is this is how we help people. This is what we believe in. And and so it's only been within the past couple of years that we've started to. uh, to start to think about telling our own story, and admittedly, we're we're still amateurs at it. Like we're uh, we're learning as we go. Uh, we're we're much better at telling our clients' stories than our own. Yeah. When you when you started seeing that tick, uh, or when you started uh, really sharing that brand, did you see a tick up in business quite a bit, or about the same? Well, uh, I, probably. Um, but we've been in the fortunate situation where we've kind of been supply constrained since the beginning, where there's just more, you know, more demand coming in the door than what we can service. And so if that did have an uptick, we didn't, we didn't really like, I guess, notice it. Um, But 
it's been recently that we've kind of gotten to the point where we've expanded our supply, meaning we have much more capacity to do more for our clients. And, um, and, and so we're kind of finally at that point where we're, where we're reaping the rewards of, you know, telling our own story. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I I think the third thing then is once you do find a commitment or something you're passionate about, your why go after the best people to be on your team. You know, I, I'm, I'm humbled by the people that have joined uh, height on this journey, like, like really humbled. And I remember my wife, uh, you know, like, dude, I'm, I'm going to go after this person because I want them to do they have a crazy good job. Dude, they've been doing their thing. Dude, they're an entrepreneur. They're not even, why would, no, I'm going to go have lunch with them. I'm going to, we're going to talk about what their goals and dreams are, what our goals and dreams are, and how do they, how do they connect? Can we how, do they align? how do they align? And, and that's, that's been something I've had to build up to that, that, that confidence of going, you know what? I offered a job yesterday to one of the heads of enablement for Google, you know, like who am I? What in the world? But dude, we just love it. really connected on what his vision was and our vision was right. And it's so aligned that it just makes sense. Dare I say, I offered him about 25% less than he's making now. Right. But I'm still like, dude, we're going to make it happen, you know? And, uh, but, but if the why is aligned, that, that can trump, you know, just it, can trump every dollars and cents are not the end all be all. It's the combination of the whole package of aligning passions right having enough money to, you know, to, to live a lifestyle and, 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 you know, build a future, but working with great teammates, working in a great culture, all of those things are, are part of the package. And so, yeah, you, you have a really good chance of getting him, even though you're paying 25% less than Google. And it goes the opposite. You know, I had a, literally, I could, I could show it, but I got a message yesterday from a girl on our team said, Hey, just wanted to say, I got a job offer yesterday. And I was like, when that happens, you've probably been there where it's, oh, oh crap. What? You know, she's like, I just want to let you know, I already turned it down. They actually offered me more money, but you know, the, the culture, the team and, uh, and the leadership's commitment, not just mine, I'm a very small portion. Uh, the leadership's commitment to our people uh, and to the commitment that we have is way more important than any little raise. Right. And so you start to just create this, like, and then as you know, with business, once you start getting some of those those the, the momentum going it can just compound and compound and compound right and all of this is created i mean none of this would have happened if i wasn't treated poorly and in a very unhappy place where i was i mean it, it, it's interesting right like like all of this boils back to i was in a, my wife and i were in a really crappy environment that we didn't want to be in mm-hmm. not financially not socio no like socioeconomically but just mentally you know like yeah, it, just, yeah. it wasn't good you know and so all of that you know flourished all of this right which has been just an incredible uh blessing to be around and the team and so on and so forth it's, it's just been incredible how did you find out who your perfect target audience is oh man that's a good question um that's molded actually over the last couple of years you know and i, I think we're still honestly trying to figure out who is our perfect audience and uh it's and it's actually about to change fundamentally here here in a bit. So it's, we started off with um, with serving clients directly, uh, and then what we realized was was agencies were having this issue of trying to balance quality and cost. You know, really good SEO guy, really good PPC guy is really expensive. I mean, there's no way this small agency can perform. I, I, in fact, I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day, and it was talking about how you know the big agencies that are really good they work with big clients because 
they can, and that's where the money's at, right? These smaller agencies, it's just really difficult. And so we started realizing that our quality can bleed over and at a much more affordable cost to these, you know, and kind of service the niche there. Now we're about to move into franchising. We're actually going to leave kind of the white label world and go fully into franchise where we give the, the white label fulfillment and everything. So I think, I think our customer has really changed and, you know, moved over the last couple of years from, you know, it was direct clients and then it was bigger agencies that needed white label. Now it's more boutique that we really enjoy working with because we're, we're really partners. We're not just an outsourced, you know, type of thing. Uh, and then now it's moving slowly back into the bigger partners. Right. So it's kind of this like weird transition, at least for us in our business. Right. And we're always looking at that. We're always testing, um, who's the avatar uh, that we're going after what's working, what's not. And I think it's even changed even in COVID, you know, what that looks like mm-hmm. a lot of, yep a lot of those small agencies that we worked with they're they either went out of business or they're completely reframing their business. Yeah. We've been amazed at just in the past couple of months at how much our business is evolving in such a short amount of time because the market is changing so fast that we all have to adapt and react very quickly. But it's making us stronger, right? Because now we're, right. we're not only adapting, we're learning how to adapt. You know what I mean? Like we're learning how to react to crazy, weird, unusual situations that hopefully, you know, as this happens in our lifetime, because it probably will happen at least one more time, uh, you know, we'll be able to re- react quicker. We'll be able to hopefully be more agile. Where can our listeners follow you, JC? Yeah, brother. Uh, so Instagram would probably be uh, my, my favorite spot, uh, jc.height. And you can also go to theheights.com, T-H-E-H-I-T-E-S.com. That's my wife and I's website where you can see our companies and our work and follow us as well. Um, I love this stuff, man. Digital marketing, entrepreneurship. Like I love this stuff. I could talk about it all day long. So definitely hit me up for sure. Fantastic. Uh, JC, thanks for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you. Um, all of our listeners who, uh, who heard something that, that caught their attention, make sure to go follow JC, um, stay in touch with him. And, uh, of course, as always for any of our listeners who would like to know more about what we do, check out harmanbrothers.com. Uh, You can always check out the book, From Poop to Gold. And with that, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. At Harmon Brothers, we're known for what we call our hero campaigns. These are big nationwide campaigns for brands like Squatty Potty, Poopery, Purple Mattresses, Lumi Deodorant, and many others. What makes these campaigns special is that they've helped scale those businesses by tens of millions of dollars each. Now, companies reach out to us on a regular basis wanting a hero campaign. They want that type of growth. They want that type of branding, and they want that type of awareness. But the simple reality is most businesses and entrepreneurs aren't yet quite ready for that level of growth. So we've built what we call a hero incubator that is designed to help entrepreneurs and companies prepare for a hero campaign and to be ready for the type of growth that they're looking for. The hero incubator starts with a marketing audit. We offer these marketing audits for free and you can apply for one at harmanbrothers.com forward slash audit.